This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, the place where good ideas come to die. Florida already requires criminal background checks if you want to work in law enforcement, schools, daycare, to name just a few. Now there's a bill that says your Amazon delivery person should face the same sort of scrutiny. Earlier this week, Sunrise reported on legislative efforts to control local governments by preempting their authority on a number of issues. Now there's a bill in the legislature to get rid of one of those preemptions. The Speaker of the Florida House says he'll support efforts to allow college athletes to cash in on their fame. Four bills have already been filed for the 2020 legislative session. The vice president's campaign rally in Tampa next week is moving to a new venue because of complaints from residents of Valencia Lakes who don't want it in their private gated community. On the Sunrise interview today, we tackle the issue of a Halloween holiday for public schools. It's not for Halloween itself, it's the day after. We'll also have your political calendar of events and a couple of stories featuring Florida women who can be every bit as stupid as Florida man. Today's stories include a million dollars worth of cocaine and 25 cents worth of dipping sauce. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, January 9th. A state lawmaker from Palm Beach County files a bill requiring anyone making home deliveries for retailers like Amazon to undergo a background check. Employees or contractors would be required to undergo a multi-state criminal background check and their names would have to be run through the National Sex Offender Database. Representative Mike Caruso's bill would also prohibit delivery persons from entering the home or being unsupervised with a consumer if they have been convicted of certain crimes. The bill is named the Evie Udell Public Safety Act in honor of a Boca Raton woman who was killed last year after a delivery person beat her and then set her on fire while delivering a package. Caruso's proposal would require retailers to conduct background checks on delivery providers, whether or not their duties actually include entering the person's home. But one PS here, it would not apply to carriers for the U.S. Postal Service. On Tuesday's podcast, we heard from the folks at Integrity Florida about the legislature's ongoing efforts to preempt local government. Today, we have just the opposite. Two state lawmakers have filed a bill to repeal one of those preemption laws so that local governments would have the right to set worker wages, benefits, and earned sick time. Back in 2013, when residents of Orlando were circulating a petition for a local referendum that would guarantee paid sick leave for employees, big business responded by having their friends in the legislature pass a new law saying only the state can do that. So when the sick leave provision was approved by voters in Orange County back in 2014, it didn't count. Senator Jose Javier Rodriguez of Miami and Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith of Orlando have introduced legislation to repeal that 2013 law. They say it's part of a campaign to restore home rule in the Sunshine State and stop the Tallahassee power brokers from usurping the will of local voters. The Speaker of the Florida House of Representatives says he'll go along with the idea of allowing college athletes to cash in on their fame before they turn pro. Representative Jose Oliva of Miami Lakes told Tallahassee radio talk show host Preston Scott that some sort of reform is needed because the NCAA has pretty much allowed amateur athletics to evolve into something more like professional sports. Four bills have already been filed for the upcoming session, including SB 582 by Senator Randolph Bracey of Orlando. As more than a symbolic recognition of their hard work and sacrifice, SB 582 would allow these athletes to be fairly compensated for the use of their name, image, and likeness to sign endorsement deals and to hire agents to represent their interests. So many of these college athletes generate astronomical revenues for the NCAA and their respective institutions, and yet some struggle with fundamental living expenses. It's only fair that they receive some of the profit that they generate. 
I also plan to incorporate language that would create a revenue sharing model for all NCAA participating athletes to earn a share of the revenue that they generate beyond the monetization of their name, image, and likeness. I believe that every NCAA athlete, not just the star athletes, should be entitled to a reasonable stipend that represents a fair share of the overwhelming wealth that they generate. From the NCAA's annual billion-dollar March Madness TV deal to the profits generated from team jersey sales to ticket sales, the abundant revenues generated from the participation of these athletes should entitle them to direct compensation. The House Judiciary, Commerce, and Education Committees have scheduled a joint meeting on Monday, the day before the session begins, for a workshop on compensation for Florida college athletes. Next week's campaign rally in Tampa featuring Vice President Mike Pence is moving to a new venue. It had been scheduled at the Valencia Lakes Retirement Community, but some of the residents there openly opposed the visit because they don't support the president. Others were upset about the idea of all those outsiders who would be bussed into their private gated community for the rally. After hearing about those concerns, the Pence team agreed to relocate. The Keep America Great rally will now be held at the Venetian Event Center in Tampa at 1.30. A second rally will be held at 6 o'clock the same day in Kissimmee. Up next, an interview with a state senator who wants to make the day after Halloween into an official school holiday. Just think of it as Florida's version of a snow day. This is Sunrise from Florida Politics. A lot of people give their opinions on politics and not just the talking heads on cable news. Everyone has an opinion. Sometimes a gentleman's wager can be the best way to tell how much someone believes their own spin. That's why you should check out what Predict It is doing. Predict It is like the stock market, but for politics. Instead of buying and selling oil futures, you can buy and sell shares in everything from who the Democratic nominee will be to if the president will be impeached. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Sunrise listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Our guest today for the Sunrise interview is State Senator Annette Tadeo of Miami, who has filed what could turn out to be the most fun bill of the 2020 legislative session. She wants the state to declare that public schools will be closed the day after Halloween. Well, I'm a mom, and uh, and last uh, fall, uh, my daughter sent me this petition that went viral in my community in Miami-Dade, got over hundreds of thousands of signatures asking for the day after Halloween. And she was like, please sign this. And I was like, no, I don't sign things. I, you know, But I did a little research, and then I found out other communities were doing the same thing, and everybody really was, uh, as, a, as a student, but also as parents, were just frustrated and, you know, having to try to get the kids uh, to bed in a, in a sugar high, and every parent should know what I'm talking about, and then waking them up the next day and dragging them to school and how they weren't really into going to school that day because they were just too tired. And so um, so that's where it came about. It came about from the grassroots campaign that they have to get this day off, only when it falls on a, on a weekday, not when it falls on a Friday or Saturday. Besides your own family stories, have other people been talking to you about this? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I had, uh, you know, parents talk to me about it, and I um, obviously, all the students were eager, and and clearly the the, the response has been <laughs> from a lot of people like, oh, finally we're, you know, let's at least have the conversation if this is something we should do. I know that there is a national movement uh, to move Halloween to the last Saturday in October, 
which would be great if we could get that done. But that's a much higher lift uh, uh, to get that done. Um, so that's why, you know, in this case, at least at the school level, look, one of the things that I say is we don't really have snow days in Florida. Um, you know, one extra day, uh, I'm not suggesting we remove the number of days that they're required to go to school. They will still be required to go to school the number of days that they're required. But, um, but it would, it, you know, we don't have the issues that other states have with so many snow days and, and things like that. So we, we can do it. So this day would have to be made up at some point somewhere in the, in the school year. Absolutely. The, that does, this does not change our requirement of the number of days in the statute. So your kids really do the sugar thing, eh? <laughs> yes, and I don't think I'm alone from everything I've heard from all the different parents. I've even gotten text messages from people who are like, yay, Halloween. <laughs> I, I did not expect this to be the bill to catch the most attention, I have to be honest. I knew that it went viral with the kids, uh, you know, starting this petition all across the state uh, in different communities, but I, the response has been quite, uh, I mean, a lot of people are frustrated about uh, what they have to go through around Halloween. What kind of candy do you give out on, on Halloween? Usually the, the, the mini, whether it's Snickers, which is my favorite, or Reese's, or <laughs> another one of my favorites, uh, and any of those, you know, higher brand, I should say, candy. I don't want to, you know, I don't, I've been enough walking around with kids to, to know when they say cheap candy, <laughs> not cheap candy. <laughs> so no dots or smarties at your house, eh? <laughs> I'm not going to put down any candy, but yes, we do the real candy bars, the, the good ones. I got you. Have you had any kind of reaction from your colleagues on this? No, I haven't had an opportunity to chat with, with any of them. I mean, I just saw that yesterday. Uh, the reaction has really been mostly from parents sending me messages. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of, a lot of shares on, on social media and things like that. Of course, with so many people that have been behind, um, asking for this to be done at the school board level. So this would be different. I don't know that any school board has actually paid attention to the thousands and thousands of petitions. Uh, signatures that they've gathered, um, but I do know that, you know, I certainly paid attention at the state level. It is my favorite holiday. I absolutely love Halloween. I love to dress up. I love, have always loved it. So I'm not surprised that I am the one filing this bill. This is one of those bills that will get a lot of attention during the session because just about everyone can relate. And let's be honest about it, it's nowhere near as important, but it's a lot more fun to talk about Halloween than things like PICO, unfunded mandates, required local effort, and state preemption. Your political calendar of events gets off to an early start in Daytona Beach, where the Daytona Regional Chamber of Commerce holds a breakfast meeting to talk about legislative priorities. It starts at 7.30 at the Halifax River Yacht Club. The Education Estimating Conference meets at 9 in Tallahassee to check out enrollment in the pre-K through 12th grade system. The Florida Board of Massage Therapy meets at 9 o'clock at the Rosen Plaza in Orlando. The chief economist for the Florida Chamber Foundation will provide a 2020 state economic outlook during a live stream event beginning at 10. The Florida Supreme Court will release its weekly opinions at 11 in Tallahassee. And the Early Learning Program's Estimating Conference will analyze Florida's voluntary pre-K program at 1.30 in Tallahassee. 
Oh, by the way, the Florida Department of Transportation is also holding two events to get public input about future projects. They'll be talking about a new section of the Coast to Coast Trail through northwest Orange County at 5 in Orlando. And at 5.30, there's an open house in Bartow to talk about a new toll road from Polk all the way to Collier County. And it's time once again for the Adventures of Florida Man, the all-female version. A Florida woman has been arrested in Vero Beach for threatening to rob a McDonald's because they wouldn't give her dipping sauce for free. When her order arrived without the sauce, 19-year-old McGuire Marie McLaughlin told the employees she would obtain it by, quote, whatever means necessary. All she really had to do was pay an extra 25 cents, but instead the teenager began yelling profanities in the drive-thru was still shouting when police arrived. McLaughlin was arrested for disorderly conduct, and officers say they had to place her in mechanical restraints because she kept locking her legs, refusing to walk. Finally, a Florida woman is busted with more than a million dollars worth of cocaine after being stopped on Interstate 75 because her window tinting was too dark. Troopers say 27-year-old Elizabeth Espinoza of Ruskin was so nervous that they called for a drug dog and found 12 kilos of coke, about 26 and a half pounds. She is charged with multiple drug felonies, including trafficking, but they apparently let her slide on the ticket for excessive window tinting. One side note here. Have you ever noticed about the only time we use the metric system in this country is to measure drugs? If you ever wonder if someone uses pot, just ask them how many grams in an ounce. That's it for this edition of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.